welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. The blessing of the tithe is what I would like to speak on today. Uh, Last week, uh, Jake spoke on, it's in you to give. And of course, the Holy Spirit is in you. And uh, in order to enable you to give joyously and uh, with great enthusiasm, it really takes the Holy Spirit to initiate that. We're just not really too liberal in parting with uh, the, uh, you know, the means of uh, buying things today, which is money. And, uh, you know, we don't talk much about money in our house. Um, we uh, certainly make opportunity for everyone to give. To, and uh, so uh, that, that's just a part of life. Uh, if I were to say to anybody here, I'm sure that uh, if I said to you, would you like to have more money? I think probably everyone would say, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to have a little bit more loot. So today, uh, when Jake was uh, mentioning that uh, we're going to have a series on um, giving and generosity, I thought, uh, well, um, I just thought maybe I should uh, just uh, offer Um, my part to play in this because uh, that's uh, uh, an issue that's close to my heart. That's a part of our life that's close to my heart. And uh, so um, he graciously uh, said, sure, because I said, you know, I'd like to talk on tithing because uh, of the blessing that is in that wonderful action that we initiate through love, through honor, through worship to the Lord. And so today um, I, I... felt that because I've got a longer history than you do in uh, what it means to give and how to live in the giving life, um, I felt that uh, I had something to contribute. And uh, I have uh, lived uh, a while on this earth, been around the block a few times, and uh, so I I just felt uh, that uh, God has been good to me, and I just wanted to share uh, the blessing of what it means to give the tithe. I always quote this verse uh, from the uh, psalm, and it was King David who uh, mentioned this. And uh, it uh, says, and he said, um, I was young, and I'm going to paraphrase the rest part of it, but now I am mature, <laughs> but never have I, and never have I seen the righteous forsaken or this, his seed begging for bread. Of course, he lived under the law, and the righteousness of the law was when you keep the law. So he must have saw a few people that kept the law. So in that sense, um, that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and uh, not using the word uh, old, because uh, that's not uh, who I see myself as. Um, <clears throat> actually, you know, old... What do you think about fruit and vegetables uh, as they get older and more mature? As they get mature, they get sweet. Oh, they get sweet. And so, oh, I got to hit this little button here because I don't want to be verbose. Now, they get sweet. That's what maturity brings. Now, I have to admit that uh, in my sweetness... Sometimes the spirit of curmudgeon comes on me. 
And uh, if you don't know what a curmudgeon is, it's a crusty, ill-tempered old man. So I say, oh, Jesus, oh, take this spirit of curmudgeon off of me. And he says, son, you do it yourself. What do you mean? He says, love your wife as I have loved the church. And if you do that, your prayers will be answered. And, of course, uh, one of the blessings of my life is to have a gorgeous young wife. And, you know, she's a helpmate, so she helps me get the spirit of curmudgeon off of me and uh, in varying ways. And so I'm, I'm very, I know exactly when it comes upon me, and so then I have to deal with it. So when we talk about uh, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread, um, I have to uh, say that I've experienced that. I had a, a fellow work for us one time, and uh, he said, oh, man, he was a married guy. He said, oh, I tell you, we have constant financial problems, and, and it's, just, it's just unbelievable. He says, the wolf has been at the door so long he's become a pet. <laughs> so you know what? I want to talk to you today about not letting the wolf become a pet, because there's nothing worse than that, and so... Today, I tell you that I have good news for you. And uh, as we talk about the tithe, some of us know well about it, and some of us don't. And uh, I'm thankful that God is no respecter of person, and he nurtures us and teaches us. And so that's why we need to talk about these things, uh, because um, uh, our life flow is really uh, much to do about money, and a lot of uh, discussion in the Bible and counsel in the Bible was about money. And so today, I just want to breeze through this as quickly as I can because uh, we do have a time frame, and we want you to be out there looking at the home group uh, opportunities and sign up for something because that's God's heart. I want to talk about God's heart today. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together but all the more as you see the day approaching. And unless you're blind, you don't see the, you, you must see the day approaching because things are uh, coming upon us. So I'm glad that it uh, doesn't matter whether there's recession, depression, um, uh, oil shortages, uh, wars and rumors of wars. We live not on the, the terra firma as, as a, a natural, but we live in the kingdom of God. The word says that we live, uh, we're in the world, but we are not a part of the world. So what I'm talking about today is a spiritual dynamic. We bring Jesus Christ into our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us that gift. And, uh, you know, it's the blood of Jesus that uh, cleanses us, makes us new creatures in him. And uh, the, the revelation says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb is the epitome of the power that is the power that has cleansed us, uh, has uh, forgiven us, and as a matter of fact, it has cleaned and wiped the slate clean of our conscience. The Old Testament uh, sacrifices didn't do that. And so, but I want to say today that the Old Testament is dear to me and should be dear to you because the counsel and the patterns of the Old Testament 
I believe, are as real today as they were then. However, we are under a blood covenant of Jesus today, and uh, he works his law into our heart. He said, I didn't come to, you know, do away with the law, but I came to see that the law would be fulfilled. So there are some things that God would uh, counsel us to do, um, and uh, by doing it, we are blessed. Now, I endeavor to do everything I can in my life that I will be blessed. Now, blessed in the Hebrew means to give or receive an inheritance. That sounds good, doesn't it? I think we all love receiving an inheritance. So I just want to, you know, go through the word and find what is going to be a blessing in my life. And uh, I have learned through the years that uh, to just uh, embrace everything for my own needs doesn't bring happiness, doesn't bring contentment. So my heart is, Lord, uh, I want to be blessed that I can be a blessing. And uh, God wants to work that in us, and he does it in such a beautiful way, and he teaches us lovingly. He is a good, good father. That is the facts of the matter. I believe it. I've lived it. I love it. God is good, and uh, he will be good for you, and he is good for you, whether you actually know it or not. And uh, he wants us to express it in thanksgiving, in worship, giving to the Lord uh, in worship, worship comes from um, sort of a, a, a word that, uh, or a phrase, uh, worth-ship. Is he worthy? Is he worth uh, just uh, giving him our whole life? So really, to be a Christian, uh, we are not our own, but we're his. He's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light, and what a light it is. So let me just uh, proceed through here and just uh, give you a little bit of insight in what uh, the tithe is all about and how beautiful it is and how uh, righteous it is. And, uh, you know, I look for things that are positive in the word. I don't look for places where I can get out of doing something because the blessing is in the doing. And so spending all my time finding out why I don't have to tithe and it's part of the Old Testament and all those kind of things. Well, I have learned through uh, just uh, looking at the word that the pattern, the examples of the Old Testament are in God's heart. And if we are able to live them out, there's great blessing. The, the, the law wasn't a bad thing in the sense of the, the, the actual living of it out. If they could live the law, they would have had a great successful life. However, it was a taskmaster, and you had to do that. And uh, so uh, in God, we don't have to do anything. He loves us, but he says, you know, I've got some good things for you to do, and if you do them, there's going to be a blessing. That's God's heart. First, the natural than the spiritual. If I, as a father, and uh, my children are obedient and respectful, I'm going to give to them. If they're rebellious, I'm going to hold back, and I'm going to hope that they get taught in a way that they could be respectful and earn um, something that I would give to them. I still love them, but uh, the giving is another uh, issue. So let's just uh, move on from that. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8, and uh, most of my, pretty much all my verses, uh, or my scriptures are in the New King James Version, and it says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly 
Talking about sowing, it's kind of the metaphor is seed. If you just throw a little seed on the ground, only a little comes up. Throw a lot, more comes up. We're talking about money. So, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountiful. Remember, we're living in a spiritual kingdom, a supernatural kingdom. God is not a God of just uh, ones and twos. He's a God of multiplication. I've found that. I've lived that. I know it. And uh, I'm blessed to say that, God, you do meet all our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. That's grace. Woo, that's the grace of God. Not grudgingly, oh man, the offering again, oh man, but the secret of giving uh, or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. And that comes by pursuing God. The Holy Spirit works in us a cheerfulness. Um, yeah, well, let me just carry on. So uh, when giving, I say, let's hear the heartbeat of God and follow his patterns and counsel. So those of us that are uh, tithing, I, I just ask the Holy Spirit to uh, enlarge your vision and uh, see uh, what he has in store for you, maybe even greater than you're experiencing at the moment. That's body, soul, and spirit. We're talking about giving so that we might be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. Doesn't do any good to have millions of dollars and you're on a sick bed. So, God, we want your perfect will to be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. All right, Hebrews 11.6, wanting to hear the heartbeat of God here. So, Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, the issue at at hand here is that God is a rewarder. He's uh, not a stingy God and uh, you know when we give to him and we're going to learn about the promises that he gives to us he is a debtor to no man. He honors his word. So um, we find that uh, in terms of his rewarding that's how we enter into a relationship with God. We need a lot of things. We need, uh, I mean, we need health and we need uh, um, substance and we need uh, everything that life has to offer. We need, so we as believers are looking to God as the one that gives us those good and perfect gifts. Um, in Samuel, in our attitude of giving, in Samuel, and this has to do with King Saul and, and the prophet Samuel, and, and he gave Saul some instructions of uh, sacrificing animals, and yet Saul thought, well, you know, with some of them I'm just going to uh, uh, you know, give to uh, this other cause here. But he disobeyed God because God had instructed. And so God said, you know what? It's better to obey than sacrifice. So if we're giving to God and we're saying, oh man, this is a, such a sacrifice. Oh, I, you know, I need the money and so on. God says, look, just uh, set that aside. Obey me and see what I will do. Because again, the supernatural dynamic. Okay, let's talk about the tithe. So what is the tithe? Well, the Bible teaches us that it is one-tenth 
giving God one-tenth of our gross income. That word gross kind of gets a little scary, doesn't it? But that's everything that comes into our hand, and um, it's also called the first fruits. Now, let me just give you an example of um, uh, that which you uh, uh, get as a salary, for example. Now, when you go to buy a house and buy a car and you need to fill out an application of finance, uh, you're going to put what your gross income is, isn't it? You're not going to tell them what your net income is. No, it's your gross income. Another thing, when we look at our paycheck and say, well, this is all I got. This is what my check is. But you know that you got the gross and now you got the net. So my, my, uh, my um, thoughts on that is, if uh, you give the government the first chunk of change, probably not a lot of chunk of change. It's actually ungodly, the tithe that the government takes. And it's forced on you. And so you got your, you got your income taxes, you got your CPP, and you've got your, your uh, uh, whatever else. You've got your um, union dues, and uh, you've got your uh, contribution to your savings plan, and that brings you down to your net. So my suggestion and my comment on that would be, are you going to honor the government? Are you going to honor the union more than you're going to honor God? So God says that 10% is a pretty small portion of what I'm asking, calling for you to give. And so when you look at 10%, now we're talking about holy uh, and we're going to find out there that the tithe is holy. And let's just talk about that. Leviticus 27.30 says the tithe is the Lord's and it is holy. That's what the people uh, in the Old Testament were taught. That God's portion is holy. And it says, and all the tithe, in Leviticus 27.30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, and they were farmers, uh, or the fruit of the tree, that's a metaphor to all that comes into our hand through wages, uh, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. There's a dynamic here. If 10% is a part of the whole, the whole is holy. The scriptures tell us that if the first fruits are holy, the lot of bread is holy. If, and this is about Jesus, this is about being grafted in to, uh, to uh, Abraham, uh, and it says if the root is holy, the branches are holy. So I'm saying to you today that the tithe that you give is holy to the Lord and he leaves you a, a holy 90%. We, we, we deal in holy mammon. We're called to steward 90% of the holy mammon that we get. We always here in the world or hear you know, comments about filthy lucre and mammon. And of course, we hear about money and uh, we know that the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, our heart in the purity of righteousness is that we don't love it. We say, God, everything I have is yours. The whole kit and caboodle, my home, my car, 
my everything that I have, any material possession I have is the Lord's because he said, you're not your own, you're mine, I bought you with a price. That is a, a fundamental of, of Christianity and uh, it is a strong fundamental. When we say Lord, that's why he taught us to pray, our Father which in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Your will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. And when I look at that, I say, Lord, I'm yielding to you. You are the giver of my daily bread. And I'm expecting you, according to your prayer that you've taught, that you will give me my daily bread. And so that's, that's uh, the heart of God, is that we look to him. Everything is his. And uh, I'm thankful for the portion that he gives to us because the portion that he gives to us can mean increase to us. And he gives us wisdom and he gives us ways of uh, expanding our monies and, and uh, so that we would have more resources to give. And that's the heart of God. So now, someone would say, or they may say, that tithing is of the Old Testament. It's under the law. Well, let me just uh, say to you today that it shows in the scriptures that the heart of tithing, the heart of giving to God, and it, it just happens to be that it come up, came up 10%. I'm sure uh, some scholars could preach a, a, a sermon on what 10% means. So, he put it in the heart of man that giving him his tithe is a righteous way of living. And here we find it in Genesis 14, 18 to 20. And it talks about Melchizedek, Abraham meeting Melchizedek. He went to rescue Lot and he, he won a, a massive battle and they garnered all the loot and they, they brought it back and it was an enormous uh, uh, amount of, of goods. And uh, so he met this individual called Melchizedek which had no beginning and no ending and without father and without mother. And uh, many would uh, teach that this was the pre-incarnate Jesus. Well, that's a, a, an item for a further discussion, but I kind of think that could very well be who had met him, because uh, who do we know of that, is, that has those kinds of, uh, of, of history? So it says that then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all before the law in the heart of man. And then we find Jacob, Genesis 28, 22. And this stone, this is what Jacob says, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. All right? So that's uh, in the heart of man. So in the, under the law, um, this is another pattern of how and where we give our tithes. So who received tithes under the law? Well, it was the Levites the priests and the Levites 
were uh, to collect 10% from the people. Let's read what it says in Numbers 18.21. As for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel. And so what the Levites then did, they took of the tithes. They, there was a number of priests in Israel because there was, you know, many millions of people uh, uh, with all the kids and everything else. So they had, as it were, a congregation of people. And so that congregation gave to their specific priests that would uh, minister to them and, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, be a, um, a mediator uh, between God and them. And so that's who they gave to. And so we find here um, the pattern of giving in uh, the, 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 uh, the pattern of giving the tithe uh, today in light of the people giving the Levites their 10%, then, of course, the, Le the, uh, the, the priest then gave the high priest 10%. And so that's significant in what we're just going to learn here because the priest gave the high priest, Aaron, the high priest, he was the only one that could go in and take the blood and sprinkle it on the altar for the forgiveness of sins for all the people. Aaron, the high priest, was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies and offer sacrifice for the peoples. And so we find here that we are priests. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are priests. You are priests today. And so, if that's the case, then who do we give our tithes to as priests, as the Levites did of the old days? Well, here we find in Hebrews 4.14, Jesus is our high priest. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, lest Let's, let us hold fast our confession. He took the blood. Jesus, the first thing he did when he rose from the dead, as opposed to, you know, walking around and showing himself to others, but when he went to heaven, the first thing he did was he took his blood and put it on the mercy seat in heaven. The pattern of the tabernacle in the Old Testament was according to the pattern of the tabernacle in heaven. And God told Moses, do exactly how I say to build it because I want it to be as close to the tabernacle in heaven as possible. So the blood of Jesus is on the mercy seat in heaven and it ever intercedes for us. It ever calls us free from sin. And God is always in view of the mercy seat, covered with the blood of Jesus. And so we have then the Aaron high priesthood done away with, and Jesus is now our high priest, and uh, what a high priest he is. And so in that case, uh, we find that if uh, Jesus is a high priest, then we look at the pattern in the whole Testament. And so I think God's money God's house. And uh, the, the, the word tells us 
and teaches us and encourages us to be planted, to be planted in a house. And I look at the Old Testament and I say, okay, these people in Israel, the, 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 the people, they, they uh, gave their tithes to the priests. So the people gave to the priests in there. So to me, that is their house. Uh, Peter, when he was let out of prison, pr uh, prison, he went to his own company. We're a company. We're a company of Hope City Church. And the heart is that we all grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the, in the power of faith and walking uh, in love. Love is the epitome here. And uh, so um, in that case, if we're priests and uh, Jesus is our high priest and he has set us in this company of believers, we bring our tithe to Hope City Church. And... Um, I'm not benefiting. I'm not speaking this for mercenary reasons because I've never taken a salary um, as a pastor. And uh, thankfully, God had given me a business. And so I, I'm thankful that uh, it's not something that uh, we're trying to extract. You know, this is a blessing opportunity for you today. If you can grasp uh, the truth of it and grasp the heart of it, uh, you will be blessed. You will benefit. And so as we do that, God has blessings in store for us. So the crowning epitome, the crowning uh, passage of scripture, which uh, I'm sure many of you heard before, is in Malachi 3, 8 to 11. And uh, it explains uh, how God was reprimanding the priests in that day. Um, and uh, so they were a little lax uh, in their giving, uh, but this is an encouragement of God. You know, as a parent, sometimes, uh, well, probably most times, because kids are not perfect all the time. They're not good little boys and girls uh, in the sense of obedience and that sort of thing. So we kind of have to, you know, put a little pressure on to uh, get some kind of obedience out of them. So sometimes uh, that's a good thing. Tough love, well, that's good. But God is, uh, he's uh, a, a, a father beyond any earthly father or mother. And when he gives us a little counsel in a little bit of a strong way, we can say, Lord, I receive it from you because you love me. Your praise will ever be on my lips. Will. Do you know that's an act? That is an act of obedience. It is something I do. Lord, I will praise you with my whole heart. I will give to you that which is yours, which is holy. And Father, I thank you that your promises are yes and so be it. So here we go. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Why? Why, do you, why did they give to the, the priests? Well, so that the economy of their company would be blessed and the priest would have a means to buy food and that he could take their sacrifices to the high priest. Uh, and so he says, uh, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. There may be food in my house. It's just a naturalist falling off a log that it takes money to um, make a church work. And even if you're in a home group, there is uh, that 
that uh, counsel of God to bring your tithe to whoever the overseers of the, of the home group. And there will be expenses and there's things you want to do. But you know, more importantly, let, listen, please listen to this. More importantly, that there may be food in my house. What is the best food we could ever have from the Lord? It's his word. It's his counsel. It's his healing. It's his deliverance. It's his love that he pours out upon us that there would be a true word spoken in this house. That God Almighty, you would speak uh, the word from heaven that would bless us and encourage us and enable us to love one another and to be able to, by faith, uh, obey your counsel that you will bless. So how does he bless in this passage? And he says, if you do that, bring uh, your tithes into my storehouse, he says, and try me, test me, prove me. This is one of the most natural touch and feel things in life that we can do to test God, to see his faithfulness. There's lots of things. Pray without ceasing. Well, we pray and we pray and we pray. Well, you know, it's a sort of, uh, it's a spiritual uh, exercise. It's a spiritual doing that we do, even though we're physically speaking. But, you know, here is a touch and feel thing. And if you trust uh, the government that you give so much of your paycheck to, you trust them to look after you, guess again. Guess again. Because it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And so you're going to end up with less. You know, the challenge for the church will be, this will be the challenge. And I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, God, I just really need to trust you. Because the, 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 the way things are going is that the voice of opposition to God and his counsel and his laws that he writes and the things of how to live life righteously is not in line with the world around us and they're going to want to take away the church's charitable status you will not be able to get a charitable receipt so then what do we do well this is even more a reason to trust God so anyway he says try me now in this now hey this is, this is exciting stuff. Say, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That doesn't mean you're going to have uh, your barns filled and all that sort of, might be, might be, but the true riches of God are, you know, the things that he puts in our heart and, and our ability to live in harmony with one another and love him with our whole heart and experience the joy of the Lord. The joy of his salvation is what brings us the joy of life. And so um, somebody, I remember clearly, still remember it distinctly today, as a couple that came to us when we were pastoring in Cloverdale, and we don't believe in tithing. No, it's just not, it's not for the church today. I have never seen anybody um, having the windows of heaven pour out a blessing on them that they couldn't contain. I've never seen it. 
Well, I guess he wasn't a fly on the wall because David said, <laughs> as I've already said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. And so what his standard of blessing was, it sounded like it was material. Well, uh, that all mixes together with the goodness of God to see that we live life in abundance of love and goodness. So let's go on. Uh, he says that there will be not room enough to receive it. Now, if you're so blessed of the Lord, you're going to let it, you're going to, your praise will ever be on my lips. I'll talk to people. The, the blessing of God in my life enables us, enables you to talk to others about the goodness of God. And in doing so, the world is blessed. We are ambassadors for the Lord. And he says, now listen to this one, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Uh, let me paraphrase that, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that your car won't break down, your, 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 your uh, washing machine won't break down, your roof won't keep leaking. It will be one thing after another that the devil rips you off from, and you're always in need, always having to repair and fix. God says, I will rebuke the devourer. That is my word. That's what I say. That is, the, that, that is the counsel and the promises of God. So, we're coming to the end. What does my little timer say? Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, the blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow. Well, rich. Rich, rich in every way. Oh, Lord, thank you, Father, that we commit to you every aspect of what you give to us. I'm so thankful for God's richness in my life. Richness. Ever since we got married, I can't remember about before, but something, I, I don't recall being under any kind of a teaching, but we chose to give. We chose to tithe. And I, I, I'm just blown away by God's faithfulness. And let me just say that in Malachi there it says, this is where the, this is where the blessing really kicks in, is he says, you've robbed me in tithes, that which is the Lord's, my 10% says God, if you give it to me, see what I will do. And offerings. So an offering is over and above the tithe. Anything that you decide to do over and above your tithe is an offering, and God opens the windows of heaven. As a matter of fact, he opens them so, so big that it says, give and it shall be given to you, mm, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, who's going to pour into your lap? Men will pour into your lap. Opportunities, divine appointments, divine opportunities, blessings, an inheritance you never knew about. When you get the inheritance, you give God his portion. And everything that comes into your hand is what the first fruits really talk about. So today, God is faithful. And you know what? This is a message of counsel. It's almost like uh, an investment seminar. So you know what? You can take it or you can leave it. And you can walk out of this place with your head held high. Well, I, I'll have to think about that. And, and so it's, it's not condemning. 
this is opportunity uh, stuff for you to walk in the goodness of God and uh, savor all the promises. So we've done this all our lives. And I've given offerings and I've seen blessings come. And uh, my, my, my dear friend Andre told me uh, last week, he, he is a giver. I know the man, he's a friend, he's a giver. And uh, he uh, has been trying to get this contract uh, of a large, large uh, condo project. Uh, he's, a, he's a landscaping maintenance uh, company. God's blessed him. Oh, man, it's beautiful. I love it. And he's able to look after his family and provide. And so uh, he's been trying to get this for about three, three or four years. Anyway, he told me last week, because I went over to him after this message Jake gave, and I said, bless you, brother. You're a giver. You're a giver. You're close to God's heart. He loves you because he's, he loves a cheerful giver. And so he said, oh, you know what? I just got a letter back for my application to take on this job. And they say, we got some paperwork for you to, find, to fill out. And so there is the blessing of God that comes exponentially. And so God is a good God. He will not uh, go against his word Oh, it's so beautiful. So thank you, Lord. I, I'm just so blessed with a, with a family that we've got joy in our houses and we're healthy. Uh, we're not without uh, need. I know you're all ready to sing and I'm ready to let you. Almost, almost soon. Okay, one last verse. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. This is the wisdom book. This is smart stuff. All right. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. The first fruits. Everything that comes in. Give them the best. Give them the best. And uh, do it first. Don't have more months left at the end of the money. Give it to them first. And look that you would have enough money for the end of the month. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let me just say this is just not a magic potion. This is just not a, a magic thing you do. If your heart is not knit to giving the tithe, I just say sit back and pursue God and let the Holy Spirit bring the truth of what that is to your heart. Because if we... And, and if you're given in a sincere heart out of obedience, he sees that sincerity. But if you're just looking for uh, a return 30, 60, or 100 fold, that's the wrong attitude, and I would counsel you not to give in that sense. It's to be mixed with faith. What's the benefits? There will bring order and discipline into your life. You will be conscious of that which you're giving to God and order the rest of your life and discipline yourself, not buy the things that are going to get you in debt. God's going to give you a counsel. He's going to give you a favor. He's going to put order into your life. Uh, and he brings God, it brings God into your job and into your business. When you go to the, your job, your business, Jesus, uh, Father God, I need, uh, Lord, a reprieve here. I need, my, my boss is abusive. God, would you just come, Lord, help me to be loving to him. Help me to make an impression upon him. And I have to say to you that the tithe brings uh, a prayer in a prayer oh a prayer attitude a prayer uh, habit into your life because I'll tell you this 
God in his giving to you doesn't always pay on the 1st and the 15th. And what he's doing with the tithe is to, is to teach you trust in him. To teach you trust. He wants you to trust him. If you can't trust him with your money, what else can you trust him with? That's the flow of life today. God says, trust me in this and see if I will not pour out the windows of heaven and just command a blessing on you. Oh, Jesus, Lord, thank you for that today. And you know what? When he doesn't pay on the 1st and the 15th, Lord, where are you? He says, stay the course. Stay the course for your reward will come. He that comes to the Lord must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and rest in him and continue steadfast, ever abounding, trusting in God. He will bless you. That is the counsel of God today. He loves you. He's given you more than you could ever know. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.